All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Today is Monday, and this is for the win. I'm Eric Winalda coming to you from the Blue Wire Studios here in Las Vegas, Nevada, specifically at the Wynn Hotel Resort Casino. A wonderful place to be. If you've never been here, figure that out. I was just on the phone with my very good friend, um, Herc Gomez. But By the way, Herc, if you're ever listening to this, who was talking to me with his 10-month-old child uh, screaming. Well, not screaming, but just being a kid in the background. Come on, you're still a rookie, buddy. I got six. Stop making excuses. Stop being a diva. Figure it out. Get your time to get together. Just you know, make up with your wife, because I know you did something wrong this morning, and then make sure that she can watch those little rascals for about 15 minutes so you can come on. But either way, uh, looking forward to Herc Gomez either this week or next week whenever he gets his schedule in order. But look, if you are paying attention to this weekend, and I'll run through all of the results, but the one glaring result to all of us on a day and a horrible Monday, if you're a Manchester United fan, would be the 5-0 drubbing from their unbelievably inform and maddening, if you are a Manchester United fan, Liverpool. Liverpool were completely on point. I, I, I'm going to tell my story on how I ended up watching this game eventually in this podcast, but it was one of those games where I felt like at some point, something would turn, and it, it would get interesting. And Ronaldo actually managed to score to make it 5-1, to one, and then, of course, Barr. Ruled that out, which prompted my Manchester United son to start calling Liverpool Liverpool because he thinks that they get all of the breaks. And Manchester United fans, all of you, I mean, not all of you, but most of you have been making excuses today, but that's a bad one. Are you okay? Oh, I'm fine. It's just that life is pointless and nothing matters, and I'm always tired. Also, I can't sleep. I'm overeating. None of my old hobbies interest me. That's bad. They, they, they cut away a couple times, if you did watch the game, to Sir Alex Ferguson, and the look on his face was priceless. And I remember, I was, I was racking my brain. My good friend uh, Nick Webster and I have been spending some time together, and we were just talking about this. The last time I remember a game like this, having this, uh, the same kind of impact, would have been the Man City game. I think Jekko had three, but it was a different game. As my friend Nick Webster reminded me, I think it was 3-1 until like the 86th minute, and things got out of hand. This game, Manchester United-Liverpool, this past weekend, was out of hand from the start. There was never even a moment. I was waiting for it, and it just never happened. Harry Maguire looks pedestrian at best. He might still be nursing an injury. The, the fact that Varane is out, huge. It's a huge problem for them. It really is. Look at their last three games. Uh, they conceded 11, and it just doesn't look like it's getting better. Reports are coming out now that the, the, the possible replacement would be the one and only Antonio Conte. You all remember he bounces back and forth from national teams to Serie A. It was a pretty wonderful stint with Chelsea who, by the way, was a 7-0 victor in their game. It was never even a, a contest against Norwich. Sort of feel bad for Josh Sargent, by the way. Maybe it'll get better next week, but 7-0? Wow. It wasn't even Sunday. It wasn't even a football result. But going back to, to Manchester United, all the reports right now are that uh, as we, we speak, as we sit here in this studio, uh, the managing director, uh, Richard Arnold of Manchester United, is having dinner with the Glazers. So they flew in from somewhere just to figure out what, what are they going to do. Nobody really booed Shoshka when he was trying to make his way. He actually clapped and the look on his face and just his, his demeanor. 
maybe it's an indication that, that some of those reports are true. He's lost the locker room. The guys don't feel that he's tactically astute enough to, to really take them to the next level. You know, some of these things, as they come out, you, you wonder why or how. But this one makes sense to me. Let me explain why. Let's just take Gunner as a player. And then let's, let's look at his team now. But what was he as a player? He was a lifetime substitute. That was his job. Every once in a while he got in there, you know, when somebody was nursing an injury or the, the schedule got pretty compact, they'd, they'd throw him in there and he'd score a goal. And he's had some great moments, especially off the bench. But this is, this is kind of, I'm not trying to be a problem here, but here's my assessment of him as a manager. If you spend a lifetime as a substitute, how many of those pregame speeches are you really paying attention to? So you finally get in charge, you're the coach, and you start watching how he never gets it right. From the start, very seldom does Gunner get it right. And what he does is he relies on substitutes to win the game for him. And lately, that's when what's happening. Defensively, you have, you know, you have Luke Shaw coming out and saying, well, this, this game's been in the cards for a while. Those are not good indicators. When your team is starting to second-guess your knowledge as a manager. Because essentially the way they look at it is, are you putting us in harm's way? Are, if the plan is never going to work, what are we doing? But it's because of the player that he was has become the manager that he is now. That's the way I feel about it. He always felt he had that mentality. He, he preached about it right when he took the job. That it's never over at Old Trafford until it's over. And he was, of course, a part of the, the Champions League final, the late goals as a substitute. Who got the other one? Sheringham got the other one, I believe. But that kind of mentality is certainly nothing, you know, as a manager, you can't hang your hat on it. People these days, they want a plan. They want to know the plan's going to work. Your players need information. And I don't know what's going on in there, but if, if this is the, the reality of who he is as a manager, then certainly it isn't good enough. And that meeting with uh, Arnold and the Glazers right now is probably going the wrong direction as we speak. I'm sure the wine's great. Enjoy the wine and a mince pie. Goodbye. But I'll tell you, that's, it's, it's such a tough job to keep, too. You go on that long, long run of unbeaten uh, away games, and you finally, you finally get spanked. Some of your frailties are exposed. People start to question, and then it spins out of control. So now you're, you're looking at uh, a bad spin of games. But when you're in the middle of a bad spin of games, you can't lose 5-0 to Liverpool at home. How are you? Not great, Bob. And regardless of what the reasons are, the reality of what that, the way that reads in the paper and the, and the way that everybody woke up this morning and the way that dinner's going right now, the word that people will use is unacceptable. And it is. And I, I actually like, I like him as a manager. I always have. He's got that friendly bit about him. I mean, he looks like a character out of Harry Potter, but he, he really is a a likable guy. I use the words of Carlo Ancelotti. Who I, we interviewed him with Fox many years ago. And when you talk to the guy, he, he talks in riddles. And he, and he has such a, a, a crazy, it's an infectious. He, the way he is, just with a, a cappuccino and a cigarette, that's what he does. That's him. That's what he's doing. He's as Italian as you can get, but he'll look at you. And when he answers questions, he never answers the question. So we were really thrilled to be with him. We get to answer, ask questions, and then the answers were all riddles. But the, the greatest answer, I think it was Gus Johnson who asked the question, and then he's, his, his answer was, 
Oh, he will be good until. And we were like, finish the sentence. Until. Until what? Until. All right, then. Keep your secrets. Well, this is the until moment. And this was, this was too much. I'm expecting news tomorrow that there'll be a replacement. I do think uh, Conte will get the job. I thought about coming on this program and saying, oh, we have breaking news. Steve Bruce is the new manager of Manchester United. Just kidding. Because that would make you jump a little bit, right? That would make anybody jump. If you don't know who that is, that's the former Newcastle manager who's just been relieved of his, his duties. And uh, Newcastle tied Palace this weekend. Let me run through everything before I get into the meat of this and how well my day went. You did have some interesting, interesting results this weekend. Brighton get, getting spanked by Man City. Leicester got their win. I do like their manager at Brentford. I do, but he, they, they lose. Chelsea, as we said, 7-0. And then how about this one? How This one kind of creeps up on you because Ranieri's in charge over there at Watford now. It's his second game in charge. I don't know if you caught last week's result, but it's a 5-0 loss to Liverpool. And then he turns it around and beats Everton in Liverpool at Goodison Park, 5-2? Oh, man, a Liverpool. If it's a good week to be wearing red. If you're wearing blue, stay home. A couple more days. It only lasts a couple more days and you can come out. But just don't be seen in public right now. 5-2 to two to Watford. For Everton and Rafa. And a 5-0 at Manchester United. Is there a better week for a Liverpool fan? The best word I can say but uh, will describe this was boom. Woo, <laughs> 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 what was this? It was really good. I don't think it gets any... Where's uh, Jamie Carragher and all this? Oh, yeesh. I can't do the scouser. I can't do a scouser impersonation. It's just, that's the one I can't do. Kate and Abdo and I used to try and do it all. And she goes, Eric, that's horrible. And, and then I would say, okay, I'll stop. Uh, the other games were uh, Leeds-Wolves 1-1, and then a couple more ties in there. Arsenal did get the win against uh, Villa. Burnley and uh, Southampton shared the points. Okay, f- for those of you who are complaining before, I- I'm going to go back to this Manchester United story because I'll tell you how my day went yesterday. I started to complain about how much driving I did yesterday, and my producer told me that he had to fly to New York and back. So he had 12 hours in a plane, and I had 10 hours in a car. He winced. He had time zones. I didn't. I just had needy kids. But let's get through the uh, Bundesliga as well. Leipzig, what a great response. I was text messaging with Jesse Marsh yesterday because I was really impressed with his press conferences. His accent is so American, though. It's so hilarious. Because I speak German, right? So I actually have an accent. But unfortunately, I have a southern accent. accent. So where I learned German, and it was in Saarbrücken, which is right down on the border of France. So basically, when I speak German, to them, it sounds like, y'all want to go get some something to eat? Like, that's what I would sound like if I was speaking German. To them, not to you. But Jesse Marsh's accent is so hilarious. It's great. I mean, we were texting. I, I'm really proud of him for, for really being forthright. I mean, he, he's, he's in your face. He's trying to say the words. He didn't know. It's Zeigen and Sagen. It's, it's very close. Almost Zeigen, which means you have to show. And he was saying Sagen which they'll pick up on, but they're going to forgive him for it. Sagan means say, and Sagan means show. So he, he got that word messed up. But outside, of, it was funny because every time on Twitter, they would, right with the stage where he, was, he had to answer a question that this is where he's going to fumble, it would just go, and it would just go away, which was great. I don't know who's managing that, but great job. But 4-1 to one against Firth. They're supposed to beat Firth. I mean, Firth has, has had some fairly good results, but, and they had a great, a great Pokal run last year. Pokal is the Open Cup in German. I was very uh, pleased to see my former club, Bochum, getting an unbelievable result against Frankfurt. 2-0. That's a big win. It really is. 
for those of you who are paying attention, Bayern has only lost to Frankfurt, which is always a, a difficult game. But for Bochum to take him out, that's, that's pretty good. Stuttgart got the, uh, the tie against Berlin. Gladbach, another loss. Not good. With Hertha, I don't know what's going on with Wolfsburg, but they better figure it out. Freiburg is always a tricky opponent, but they lost at home 2-0. Bayern got, that, got it done against Hoffenheim. Our Chris Richards was uh, part of that back three, just getting run past a couple times. Just take it for what it's worth. It's a learning experience. Cologne and Leverkusen. And, and look, I don't think any of these other games. Dortmund uh, starting to figure it out. They will always have a couple of bumps in the road where uh, we, may, we, we will make the season problematic. But uh, there's their Bundesliga. I, there's a couple of you hit me on Twitter that had an issue with me only talking about the EPL. I mean, it's not just the MLS folks who give me grief. We had uh, Lexi Lawless on the program last week. And, you know, one of the things about Lexi, which he, he gets a lot of hit. I mean, a lot of people throwing rocks at him. But he, he will take that stance quite often when it comes to MLS. And he'll make the cardinal sin of, and the mistake of likening MLS to another league. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's just not, it's just not the same. It's almost not the same game. I mean, you can't really go into levels of play when promotion and relegation isn't on the line. You just can't. For those of you who go, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, maybe I do, maybe I don't. I'm pretty damn sure I do. These games are different. It's very different. If you were to say right now to, welcome to the league, Austin. You're in last place. If you don't figure it out, you're going to be playing the USL next year. That's some pressure that nobody wants to deal with in this country. And the people that own the club are like, uh, wait, that's not what we signed up for. This is a franchise. We're not going anywhere. I mean, watch football. Watch the NFL because that's the model that MLS has. Just watch it. for, And then listen to people talk about a team like the Detroit Lions who, who almost you know, pulled it off yesterday against uh, the Rams. Not that you would be paying attention to that, but they had to get creative. They had an onside kick. They had all they a crazy fourth down play where they they pretended to punt and it was a fake punt. And they uh, anyway they, but still they're in last place and they haven't won a game. The one thing that the Detroit Lions know for sure is next year they will be in the NFL, and our system will reward them for being as bad as they are. The system is basically going to say, and, and our business practices in the franchise model. Is, it's okay if you screw up. It's okay. It's okay. We've got a built-in parachute and a mechanism and, and, and draft picks that make sure that you get the best players that come out of college next year. You really think about it. how much does that suck to be the best player in college? That absolutely sucks. You know that you're going to go to a team. You're going to get paid. And they're going to put a franchise tag on you. It's like, this is our system. We sucked. We were 0-17, but we need you to save the day. So we're going to give you a bunch of money and throw this piano on your back. Go get him, kid. And then crucify him when it doesn't work out. You don't even get to choose. Nobody even gets to call you up and say, hey, we want you. It's just, oh, no, no, it has to make it fair. You have to make it fair. The first 10 players, if you're already a good team, we can't let you get better. This is why nobody gets it. America versus the rest of the world. Because this, this NFL mentality is the same mentality that we have in Major League Soccer. And at the end of the day, someone's going to win. And nobody's really going to get hurt. Nobody's really going to have to recalculate. And we don't sell our players. And within Major League Soccer, if you didn't know this, there's built-in mechanisms with all the rules that you have to 
have a perfect understanding of to make sure that in the event that you're moving some players around, that they keep that fair too. So it's, it's, it's some tricky stuff. But I look at these results, and, I, and, I, and, and each one of them has consequences. You look at what Brighton's doing, and you say, oh, you can take a punch like that because you, you, you had it figured, up, uh, figured out up to this point. Man City's a tough opponent. You'll get them next week. But you can take a loss because you're still in the top seven. You look at Norwich's situation, and they're already thinking about next year. It's not even a matter of, and, and the, the ownership are like, well, we're in last. We're not going anywhere. I don't know if changing the manager helps, but we're going to be playing championship uh, football next year because we didn't figure it out again. And going up and down, here's the other thing that, that people don't understand. In Italy, it's, it's quite a business. There are teams in Italy that will bounce back and forth from first and second division that profit from that. So the business within the business over there is very different. So, going back to the original conversation, the business within the business, Manchester United as a brand takes a brutal loss. Mo Salah is now, and I read this, and I, I'm questioning it. I'm not, I don't want you to hear me say this out loud and think that I'm referencing my own stat here because I'm questioning this one. The first non-Manchester United player to register a hat trick at Old Trafford in the EPL. And he, what do you do, like 12 minutes? The secondary question there is, you know, is he the best player in the EPL? Is he really this good? Or is he just in the perfect place? Because, you know, his time at Roma was okay. Chelsea was quite a, quite a mess. Jose Mourinho had to defend him on numerous occasions because I think he had something to do with bringing him in. It just didn't work the first go around. It, he had to go to Italy to figure it out, and then he came back and he was a different guy. He's had some good moments with Egypt. Coached by Bob Bradley. But to call him the best player in the world, I'm just not there yet. I'm not there yet. I can tell you, Ronaldo is not the best player in the world, not anymore. And that's, that's okay. That's okay. He had his moment. And he's had his homecoming. And it's a careful what you wish for, because this was not fun. But I guess the, the broader question is, if there's a move that, that Manchester United needs to make, because they've made some moves in the managerial post that are a bit of head, head scratchers for me. I mean, when, didn't it seem weird when Jose Mourinho went to Manchester United? It just didn't feel right. It was weird. And Louis van Gaal. Louis van Gaal was, some would tell you, he's completely out to lunch with some of the things that he was doing. I knew he was fired when he did that fall-down thing with the ref, like he pretended to fall down. If you haven't seen that, go find that on YouTube. But Manchester United seems like they've lost their way a little bit. Going back to Gunner was, was really a way to hit the reset button to go back to the old ways. And I would, again, I would argue that point. I would argue the point that, that not that he's a great manager, he's not a, a good tactician, because I, I really don't know, but what I see when I watch his team play, they do seem to be a, a bit scattered in really important moments. If, for those of you, as a, from a coaching perspective, if you're, anybody can set up a team and have a strategy and have a formation and have players that have an understanding of what their roles are out there. I think a lot of, a lot of teams have, have accomplished that. But if you want to see the frailties of a team, if you watch how they're getting scored on, watch Manchester United right now. They're always on the reshuffle. It's always a cross that didn't work out. And then the expectation is that we've already got this, but you don't. Or there's a lackadaisical moment. There's, these are all trainable things. These are all things that it's, it's starting points and finishing points. It's understanding 
where the dangers are. And if you watch him on a reshuffle, and what I mean by that is, let's say the ball comes, it's crossed in, and then it's headed anywhere. Watch him. Watch him. It's, it's, there's a glide to them. There's not a, a there's no point in look. There, there's a lot of guys that just say, well, I'm behind the ball. I guess I'm defending properly. Go watch that, and then go watch Go watch old school Juventus. Go watch Juventus like four years ago. With Bonucci and Chiellini and... Uh, I always forget his name. Starts with a B. But he was a badass, I'll tell you that. But th- those guys have an urgency, and, and when it falls apart, there's always going to be somebody who understands that desperation is okay. You have those desperation challenges. To, that is defending. You don't see that out of Manchester United. There's an assumption that if I'm in the right position, no one sticks a leg up. Nobody tries to block a pass. Nobody tries to block a cross. They, they just seem almost lethargic. And the sad part is, is when teams have performances like that and they get completely embarrassed at home, it always falls on the manager. When I would argue that this one falls on some of those players. Pogba's red card, for example. This is a world champion, okay? There's a lot of things to be frustrated about. We saw that in the tackle prior to the yellow card to Ronaldo, which in my opinion is a red card. It's pure frustration. Anybody else, anybody else at Old Trafford sees red. It's a red card. should have been. But going back to Pogba's tackle, the frustrations, those are also moments that cause management to react, meaning the ownership. Why are these guys acting like this? Because that is an irresponsible moment. Is it a situation where they're just not listening to the coach anymore? They're not afraid of him? Or is Pogba acting up because he's had to be substituted a few times? Because their manager is a substitute genius? He's not a from-the-start guy? So he thinks he's doing Pogba a favor or maybe even some of the other weapons that he brings off the bench? Was Bruno the right idea to start from that game? There was so many, so many concerns about his health. Did not have a good game. Nobody did. But when your team acts like that, just in the mannerisms of, of watching how they lost, watching Shaw and Maguire run into each other, and, and I'm watching the game with, with, my, with my son, look like Keystone Cops. So to go back to that, that, that little story about my producer and his flight to New York, my, this is how my weekend went. And if you could see me, and it's probably better if we just turn the cameras off today, I got up yesterday at 3.45 a.m. So the way it works in our family right now, my ex-wife still lives in California. And our daughter, Tatum, uh, we did not want to displace her when I came to Las Vegas. So she stayed in high school. And then COVID hit, so she ended up spending the majority of last year with me because we could, because we didn't have to go to school. There was no school. We were doing all that stuff online. And then we eventually went back to school. And yesterday was an unbelievable day for my daughter. So I, drive, I, got, I got up at 345. I arrived at the Crown and Anchor, which is on Thousand Oaks Boulevard and is one of my favorite destinations uh, on the planet. I love going there. And I've, I have a long history there. I've been going there for years, years. And it's just, it's really fun just to watch just all the people that I know and, and, and the old guard, you know, Ronnie and Barry and the gang who just are sitting at the bar. And I think they're there every day, by the way. But it was great to see them there. They came in proud wearing their Manchester United jerseys, but they left completely with their heads down. It was a bad day. This is my nightmare. But I get up, I drive all the way there and I meet my son and my daughter. Tatum and Tim, at the Crown and Anchor. They both have birthdays this week. They're on the 19th and the 28th. 
So I kind of split the difference and was not able to be with Tatum on her actual birthday, but I made it a point to make sure that I got to see her. And that's just any dad out there, you know how this works. It's a 17-year-old girl. I mean, the best thing you can give her is money to spend shopping. That's how that works. Don't give her the credit card. Don't be a rookie. Don't ever, ever do that. Don't Because they're phenomenal at making excuses after they come back and say, Oh, it's 523? I thought it said 220. Oh, Dad, I'm so sorry. Do you want me to take it back? And then they, they look at you with those eyes. So what, just a note to any parent out there that has a birthday and it's a shopping endeavor, give them cash. Figure out the number and just hand her three bills. That's what I did. Go shopping, honey. Anyway, so I, I go to the game. It's clearly a horrible day for Manchester United fans. And I got to hang out with my daughter and then I tricked her. I told her, honey, I'm sorry, I can't stay. Something came up. I got to drive all the way home. But I didn't. We had orchestrated a surprise party at one of our friend's houses. So 30 of her friends showed up. And the look on her face, which I've, I've, I've showed a few people the video, the look on her face when she came through and she saw all of her friends and she realized she had been tricked was priceless. It was awesome. So it was worth the trip. So the fact that I had to have three cups of coffee trying to get home. I arrived back in my home last night, somewhere between 9.30 and 10 o'clock hour. And of course, was up and back after it today. But camera's not my friend today. It's just not a network, so I don't have a, a makeup person to make me look 10 years younger. I'm every bit of 53 today. Wow, I'm looking at myself right now. Maybe I take these glasses off. Does it get any better? No, it's, it's not good. Oh, I'm like the crypt keeper! It's not good. But I had such a great day yesterday with my kids, and I, I love that. And it, it's, it's, it's those little moments that, uh, that uh, really matter to me because she's a phenomenal soccer player. Um, she's unfortunately a Chelsea fan. I only say unfortunately because that divides my home. I have a Manchester United fan and a, and, a, and a Chelsea fan in my house, so it's a constant argument. But she's an aspiring soccer player. I am allowed to say this. She is on her way to Pepperdine University. If you've ever seen pictures of Pepperdine, you'll understand why I'm smiling because that's an expensive school to go to, but it's not expensive if you figure out a way to get a scholarship. So God bless her. God bless all of us. Thank you, Tatum. Tatum Milan is her middle name. But uh, what a wonderful day for us. I mean, even though it was a bad loss for my son, uh, it was still a great day. Uh, it was a great day. And I wanted, if any of those kids that were at that party yesterday can hear this or they found this podcast, uh, I appreciate you too. I got to say goodbye to her. We get to meet all of her friends, which, you know, usually is an embarrassing moment because you're always the dorky dad. And like, dad, stop talking to him. You know, like there was a couple of boys that were there and they were football players. And we started talking about movies and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And I'm getting that look from my daughter to just, dad, stop talking to them. Come on, I have to go back to school on Monday and see these people. I don't, wanna, I don't want them to even really know anything about you. Stop talking. That was the, that was the look I got. But uh, anyway, great day. Uh, happy birthday once again to, to Tatum. Timmy's birthday will be uh, this weekend. So hopefully I'll figure out a way to um, get in the car and do it all over again. But all, all things being equal, uh, as far as, as this upcoming week and, and as the news kind of starts to to filter out of Manchester. I would love to know what you guys hit me on Twitter because I want to know where you, you know, most of you, and, and I'll take it with a grain of salt because a lot of people are going to come at me and say, well, I'm a, I'm a so-and-so fan. So I hate Manchester United anyway. So, you know, off with his head, fire him, get rid of him. But 
you know, I, I just want to know. And if, you, if, if that's your stance, then, then tell me why. And it's got to be a little bit more than the 5-0 loss. I mean, bad stuff happens. I mean, if you look at the percentages right now, uh, I think it's 25% he stays. I think it's somewhere in the upper 60s of he's out. And it's a very low percentage that they try to keep him some, some, in some capacity in the club. I've heard that too. I don't think that that's something will happen. That's a rough, that's a, it's actually a pretty rough stint for him. Now, under all the circumstances with this whole idea of the Super League, uh, Edward Worth and his ideas, he, he, he's basically leaving at the end of the year too. And that's why this guy, uh, Richard Arnold, is, is involved in the decision-making process. But Manchester United as a brand, as, as, a, as a global brand, Bringing Ronaldo back was such a, what's a wonderful story, but it, it's starting to get to the point where did it help him or did it hurt him? To be reliant on someone who can't do it all the time anymore. He's going to have to pick and choose his, 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 his time, his windows. He can't do it. He's a great player. He's a great player, but he needs to be managed. And his minutes need to be managed. And if you watch on occasion, he just looks tired. He looks, he, looks, he looks tired to me. But anyway, Manchester United was going to be making some decisions. Another, you know, it was, it was rivalry week, if you will. You had Barcelona at home against uh, Real Madrid. Alaba gets an unbelievable goal. It was 2-0 until the very end, and then it ends up 2-1. But, you know, Ronald Koeman, there's a lot of similarities between uh, these two team managers, and they both have a similar job in the sense that they're, they're now at the, at, the, at the helm of a club that they used to play for, a club that had its heyday. You could certainly say that with Shoshkow, and you could certainly say that with Ronald Koeman. Ronald Koeman played back when, back when you were only allowed to have three foreigners on the field at one time. And it was always that debate. Is Laudrup going to get to play? Is it going to be Romario or Stoichkov? And somebody had to sit that out, and it was Cruyff's decision to figure it out. So that, but the team was, they still had Baquero. They had an unbelievable team, and I love watching, watching that group. But... If we're likening the two to, to now, you know, to be at the reins of the, of, of, of the club that they clearly have had a, a huge impact at, it's in their blood. I remember Koeman's stint at uh, Everton. wasn't great. But he said he's never been under this, this, this kind of pressure. And, and Barcelona's in a tough spot. They just don't have the same weapons that they used to have. And we're starting to see the aftermath of what the Super League was all about. It was all about, we're in massive debt. How do we figure out a way to control the money? Let's create a super league with, the, with just the names that people know. I got news for you, man. Barcelona ain't a team that you want to watch anymore. If you're watching them just because of the shirt they're wearing, then you're going to be disappointed. That's not a high level. It's not the level of the expectation that we have. For Barcelona and Ronald Koeman, it's it's not even entirely his fault. He's not that he needs to pull a rabbit out of a hat or be a genius. He's just doesn't have the weapons. That team is average. I think I said this before on a previous podcast. When you watch them, you're watching someone like Memphis Depay. You're like, wow, if that guy keeps playing well, maybe he'll end up in a big club someday. Oh, by the way, he's playing for Barcelona. Oh, yeah, well, all right. There's a reason why Griezmann left. It's a big reason why Griezmann left. Outside of his karate chop the other day, I, th- I, thought, uh, I thought he had a pretty, pretty good game in the Champions League. But all things being equal, 
we will wait. We will monitor uh, this, this story as it, as it starts to unfold. But Manchester United are in a tough spot. Send me, send me what you think. I'd love to hear it. I'm not like everybody else. I'm not going to block you just because you, you tell me that you hate me. That's up to you. I don't really care. I really don't. I, there's one thing you learn uh, in life, and I hope uh, others figure this out, that you can only control the controllables. I can't control your emotions, and I've, I've gone over this before. The best thing that you can say to people sometimes is, I'm sorry you feel that way. And then it's gone. It just floats away. And they realize that you don't care about their problem as much as they do. And then they're just, and if you watch it, like if you ever go to a party and you have somebody who's just, just Debbie Downer, they're just constantly talking about something negative. If you, if you, if you just excuse yourself from that and, and you get out of that conversation, you watch that person. They'll go find the next ear to, to bend and talk about that problem. I just don't engage in that stuff. So you could send me whatever you want on Twitter. You could get it. I don't care. I really don't care. I will read it. And I would say 90, well, 999 times out of 1,000, I will just smile, laugh, and move on. And if it's worth engaging in, then, then I, I engage. You want to come at me with who you think the left back for Real Madrid should be? Great. I'll give you my opinion, but that, that bubble is going to float away. Let me just tell you right now. But I don't want that to, to discourage you from, from interacting with me on this one. So when you're listening to this, even though it might be a week from now, just remind me and hit me on Twitter. I'll, probably, I'll follow you right back. I don't, I'm going to start following everybody. Follow me. Follow, just follow me. Let's get lost together. It'll be fun. That's what Twitter's all about. But I like the interaction. But I want to know what people really think because I get a lot out of the perception of reality sometimes more important than the reality of what that job means. And was, was Shoshka ever the right guy? Maybe at the time, yeah. Maybe, was he a temp guy? Did he inspire anybody? Was he great to be around? Did he let the cook, like, you know, let the guys have French fries? Let it allowed to have chips? Uh, that, was, that was a big one for Moise. He didn't want him to do that. That was, a, that was a culture breaker. But at the end of the day, you have to be in the modern world tactically astute enough to figure out how to strategize and your players have to believe you and if those are the reports coming out of manchester united that they don't believe in his messaging and they don't believe that his plan is going to work losing the locker room is different losing people's respect is different but when someone really just doesn't truly believe that your plan is going to work. There's always that letdown moment. If you've ever seen the movie Hoosiers, there's a great moment in that movie with Gene Hackman as a coach. And it's the final game. And the, the, the kid's name will come back. Just Jimmy Chadwick, I think, was his name. Jimmy. But he says, come on, bro, bring it in, bring it in. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and we're going to do this. And the whole team, in the most important moment, sits up and kind of makes a face. To his credit, I know it's just a movie, but Gene Hackman recognizes that and says, what's wrong with you guys? But the team knew what the plan should have been. And Jimmy Chadwick looks at the coach and says, I won't miss. And then he scores. And as a coach, you say, all right, let's go with that plan. But if you do that too many times, folks, players pick up on it. You can have a moment like that as a manager. 
And you can let Pogba air it out or let him have a, his say. You can try and figure out a way to manage all of those egos. But if you appease him too many times and you don't put your foot down, this is what happens. You're on the wrong end of a 5-0 at home with everybody watching. And you're looking at your watch in the 89th minute going, God, can this just be over? That, can this just be over was probably halftime. <laughs> it was never going to go his way. But we'll watch it. We'll watch it. We'll see what happens. Hit me on Twitter. Tell me what you think. Uh, for all of you out there, I appreciate you making me a part of your day. We are done for now. Um, whether you found me on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you found me, I do appreciate um, you tuning in and listening and following. It's, uh, it's important. I love this stuff. Uh, I love my job. I love this city. And right now, I love you. Just don't give me a reason to change that. All right? Either way, continue to be great human beings out there. Take care of each other. Love each other. Trust me, love is the answer. And we'll, uh, we'll hear you soon. <laughs>